0: kaplan and this is a wcs wild audio podcast where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from wcs's field sites zoos aquarium and their conservation partners we've got a great episode today so let's get right to it emily darling directs wcs's global coral reef conservation program Working with WCS staff in roughly a dozen countries, she thinks a lot about how to save these sensitive ecosystems, most importantly, from climate change. Wild Audio's Nat Moss check in with her to learn more about the recent bleaching event on Australia's Great Barrier Reef and what it suggests about the larger goal of coral conservation.
1: The Great Barrier Reef, the world's largest, has served as a sentinel for the impact of a changing climate on the world's coral reefs, which cover a mere 1% of the Earth's ocean surface, but provide services and support for a billion people. Emily's been tracking successive waves of coral bleaching on the massive Australian reef and says this year's event is sobering and notable because it's the first one to occur during a La Nina, which is typically a cooling phase of the planet.
2: So we we cycle between La Niñas, which are typically cooler, and El Niños, which are typically hotter. The Great Barrier Reef has bleached in 2016, 2017, 2020, and now in 2022. So this year is bad because it's the fourth, uh, about six years, and it's during what should be a cooling phase.
1: Emily says corals can do really well when they have long periods of extended growth, but shrinking these recovery windows to one or two years worries her deeply. It's eventually going to push coral reefs into new marine systems that will likely be smaller, flatter, weedier, and less able to provide the services that we expect. And what specifically are those services? It all starts with scleractinian reef corals.
2: So scleractinian reef corals are the underwater architects of a reef. They provide the calcium carbonate backbone of the many, many species of reef corals that there are. These reef corals provide this structure that is then home to reef fishes, reef invertebrates, just so much life on a coral reef.
1: Coral reefs also provide crucial ecosystem services, things like shoreline protection. Healthy reefs provide a natural buffer that can protect inhabited coastlines from storms, flooding, or sea level rise. And collectively, reefs support the livelihoods, food security, and culture of over a billion people. As the planet continues to heat up and corals grow more threatened by bleaching and acidification, Emily looks to climate-resilient corals, or climate refuges, to maintain those essential services for so many people across the globe
2: climate refuges are going to be so critical to coral reef survival in the coming decades. These are cool spots of the ocean that, you know, either for oceanography or environmental history have just remained cooler than reefs that are not in refuges. The first climate refuge that I ever saw was in northern Mozambique because Mozambique it was in the shadow of Madagascar. The Mozambique Channel is full of eddies and gyres and deep channels and canyons and things that just really move water around. Deep canyons mean that corals have access to cold water. That cold water can upwell and cool corals off during a bleaching event, but that cooler water also brings zooplankton and food for the corals.
1: Emily says the best hope for the survival of coral reefs is to act on climate change and reduce local pressures on these delicate ecosystems.
2: We simply cannot reach our broader sustainability and development goals, such as clean water, no poverty, healthy communities, vibrant nature, if we don't address climate change. We also have to reduce local pressures to coral reefs. WCS scientists recently mapped local pressures to coral reefs worldwide, and we found that fishing and water quality were the top two threats. In some ways, that's good news because we know what to do to address those.
1: At the global meeting of the Convention on Biological Diversity, or CBD, later this year, parties at the convention are expected to approve a call to protect 30% of terrestrial and marine areas by 2030. Emily says that on the marine side, coral reefs must be part of the discussion.
2: We know why some reefs are more climate resilient than others, and we really need governments to agree to measure and monitor and track progress towards that. So if we want coral reefs to be resilient, which I think ultimately is a real aim for the CBD for all ecosystems worldwide, then we have to promote how coral reefs resist stressors and how they recover from stressors.
1: Coral reef resilience is sure to be the subject of, well, heated conversation at the CBD conference later this year in China. WCS will have a significant presence. Check this site for new stories about our work in the lead up to that important global meeting. For WCS Wild Audio, this is Nat Moss.